0: Welcome to another inspiring message recorded at Thrive Church, a church passionate about moving people towards Jesus. Hey Thrive, well, it is so good to be together again today. Welcome to church. And as you're looking at me now, looking at the shot, you're asking yourself, are they in a graveyard? Is this shot being done in a graveyard? Yes, it is. We are in a graveyard. We're in a graveside. And uh, you might be wondering, why on earth are they there? Well, firstly, I want to tell you, we've got a very freaked out camera crew at the moment. I asked if we could do this at night. They said, absolutely not. We're doing it in the day. Well, we're here today because today we start a brand new series called Graves into Gardens. Graves into Gardens. And I must tell you, it feels a little bit strange to be in this, Today, like filming in this graveyard today particularly at this time of year being spring the trees are bursting into life and into color there's new life and new growth everywhere we can hear the birds singing even as we're recording so life is all around us but yet at the same time we're in a graveyard where really I guess it's symbolic of the fact that people have died um, but there's new life all around and we're believing that the series graves into gardens will be prophetic for each one of us in Thrive Church, that this will be the start of a season where God can turn dead things into beautiful things. Talking of beautiful things, I want to take a moment and just say thank you to Keegan for an incredible slot in Spring in Your Step. Uh, I, we just celebrate so much the fact that Thrive Church is a church filled with young people we have got such a bright future. You know, when we look at these young communicators and every time a young communicator steps up and delivers, uh, it says to us future, it says to us life. In a certain sense, it says to us the exact opposite of what a graveyard does. It tells us that the future is bright and we believe the future is bright in our church and of course it's bright in our country because God is raising up incredible young people all around us as we speak. So Graves into Gardens, brand new series. Here we are in a graveyard, And why it's so important, the concept of graves and gardens, is because actually the garden was central to God's plan for mankind. Let me explain to you why. Right at the beginning when God created Adam and Eve, He designed us, humankind, mankind, for a friendship with Him. And God had decided in His wisdom that that friendship should be worked out in a garden. And so He places Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. We know the story in Genesis. Adam and Eve are are created placed in a garden and god wants to work out god wants to have his friendship with adam and eve in a garden well of course we know that the the garden experience then didn't end up that well we know that mankind was tempted fell from grace but the story of gardens doesn't end in the garden of eden the story of gardens carries on all throughout scripture and in fact we see an incredible picture of gardens all throughout scripture culminating, ending in the ultimate garden that we see in Revelation 22. Right at the end of time when God restores all things, when He makes a new heaven and a new earth, when He He makes all things new, guess what happens? God takes mankind again and places us in a garden and that garden is described in Revelation 22. All throughout scripture gardens are profoundly important places. They symbolize life. Whereas This graveyard is symbolic of death. Gardens symbolize life. Therefore, when we talk about graves into gardens, we're talking about dead things becoming beautiful things. Gardens in Scripture are symbolic of life. They are always described as places of peace, places of beauty, places of safety, places of shelter, places of friendship, places of fruitfulness, places of growth, places of fertility places where life itself is demonstrated gardens are incredibly important to God so church if gardens are so important to God and that picture of being beautiful and fruitful is so important to him the question then becomes well how do gardens grow and how do we grow gardens in other words how do we grow fruitful and beautiful lives well the scripture tells us actually it gives us very important information around how gardens grow. Scripture describes two things ultimately that grow and burst forth and give rise to a garden. Firstly, dead things that are released, like a dead kernel of wheat, like a grain of wheat that's dead. Jesus tells us this in John chapter 12, 24. He says, unless a a kernel of wheat falls to the floor, it it can't grow and become anything Matthew 13 Jesus tells us the parable of the sower of the sower who sows seed and of course the seed goes on to grow here's the point both of these texts tell us what ultimately grows into a garden if you want your life to become beautiful and fruitful here's the clue two things grow firstly that which is dead and is released John 12, 24, the dead kernel of wheat. Dead things that are released can grow again. God can make them grow. Secondly, Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Seed that is sown can grow, can become a garden. God makes them grow, but we release the dead things and we sow the seed. It occurred to me that this is so important because Both the dead thing that needs to be released and the seed that needs to be sown. They both have this in common. Open hands. Open hands. When we release dead things in our lives, God can make them grow again. When we release seed, when we sow seed, God can make it grow. It's both releasing the dead and sowing the seed That brings growth now God makes it grow but we have a posture of open hands on the one hand we're releasing what's dead in our lives and on the other hand we're sowing some seed into our lives here's the thought to take away from this concept what do you need to let go so God can make it grow what do you need to let go so God can make it grow perhaps it's something dead in your life that you need to open your hand and let it go. Perhaps it's a seed that you need to sow. Perhaps it's a dead thing that needs to just be released. Or perhaps it's a seed that you need to sow. And of course, we've each got areas of our lives, hey, where it might feel like one area of your life is bursting forth into a beautiful spring garden, even at this time. And maybe the others just feel like those those dead, burnt, high-felt fields where There's just nothing growing at all. I I know that feeling. I've got areas of my life where it feels like there's something beautiful and something fruitful growing. feels like there's a garden. Of course, And there's other areas that feel like a burnt field in Joburg in the middle of July, just dusty and dry and dead. The encouragement and the declaration for us as a church is that God turns graves into gardens. He turns dead things into beautiful things. There are different areas in our lives where that applies. Here are a few for you to think about. And as you consider your life, maybe you can ask yourself the question, when it comes to this area, how's my life? Firstly, when it comes to our relationships, our marriages, our close friendships, let me ask you the question, what needs to be released? What's dead that needs to be released? And what seed that needs to be sown. What do you need to let go. So God can make it grow. Or when it comes to what needs to be released. Maybe in your relationships. Your closest relationships. Your friendships and your your marriage. And those that are closest to you. Maybe what you need to let go is. Maybe there's some pride. Maybe there's some ego. Maybe there's some sense of self. Maybe there's some unforgiveness. That you need to release. But when it comes to. The flip side, maybe there's some seed you need to sow. Maybe into your closest relationships, there's some time you need to sow. Maybe there's some vulnerability. Maybe there's some transparency. Maybe there's some effort that you need to sow. Right now, why don't you trust God to speak to you about what it is you need to release and what it is that you need to sow when it comes to your relationships, your friendships. When it comes to our faith. What do we need to release that's dead? Well, I know in my faith, sometimes I need to release a desire for convenience, desire for comfort, desire for complacency. I have to release that. There's no life in that. What in your faith do you need to release? What is it that's holding your faith back that you just need to release? And of course, then the flip side is, well, What do you need to sow? What seed do you need to sow into your faith life? Maybe today for you, you just need to say some yeses. You know God's been asking you to do something and you've just not had the faith to say yes. Maybe there's some yeses. Maybe there's some steps of faith that you need to take. When it comes to our finances, what do we need to release? What's dead that needs to be released? Well, when it comes to our finances, it can be that sense, that thought, that, that worldview that our money is our own. You know, when we think we own our money, actually our money owns us. Maybe we need to release that. Maybe it's that we need to release a poverty mentality. Maybe it's that we need to release a love of money. What, do we, what seeds, though, do we need to sow in the area of our finances? Maybe it's some seeds of obedience to God's word. Week in, week out, you hear people talking about the faithfulness and the goodness of God. You hear people talking about how God has been so good to them as they've obeyed his word, as they've tithed and given the first 10% and given offerings and been generous with the poor, but you've never sown that seed. Maybe today is a starting point for you to begin to sow seeds of obedience, seeds of faith, seeds of a yes to the principles of God's word. Hey, when it comes to our future, What needs to be released? Maybe when it comes to our future, it's a desire to control the outcome of our future. Maybe it's it's the thing that needs to be released is our deep desire to know what's going to happen in the future. To try and control it, to try and predict it, to try and influence it. I know for me, I've had to release that. By the same token, I need to sow some seeds into my future. How about sowing some seeds of faith? into your future how about sowing some words of positivity into your future how about speaking positively sowing some seeds of faith-filled speech into your future today when it comes to our mental health what's dead that needs to be released well I think it can be our deep-seated pride That makes us want to project and protect an image that we've got it all together. Maybe it's a reluctance to be open and transparent and to say to somebody, I'm struggling. Maybe it's a sense of independence that holds us back from speaking to somebody about how we really feel. And we're projecting independence. We're projecting I'm okay and we're protecting the facade that I'm okay. Meanwhile, you know your mental health is filled with anxiety, low-grade or even quite severe depression. Today, release what you've been protecting, the image you've been protecting. And what do you need to sow into your future? Well, maybe it's some seeds of courage and bravery to come clean with somebody to say, I am struggling at the moment. Maybe it's seeds of friendship you need to sow into somebody else's life and say to them hey would you come alongside me and walk a journey with me I'm going to tell you that I'm not okay and I need you to just be okay with the fact that I'm not okay but don't stay in that situation and in that space alone when it comes to our children for those of us who are parents and particularly parents with young children what's dead that needs to be released well maybe it's a it's a sense that we can protect our children from everything. Maybe it's a, it's, a, it's a worldview that says we have to give them the best all the time. What's dead that needs to be released? Maybe it's a, a view that we have that unless we give our children the best, they're not going to be okay. Maybe what we need to release is a desire to be a helicopter parent. You know that parent that <laughs> hovers above our children wanting to protect them all the time. What do we need to sow into their lives? We need to sow Jesus into their lives. We need to sow conversation about God and the goodness of God into our children's lives. We need to sow the friendship that Jesus wants in our lives. We need to talk about that with our children. Sow some words of discipleship into your children's lives. What do you need to sow into their lives? Sow faith into their lives. Just as an aside, make sure that your kids are, invite them into KidZone online every single week. Get them into it. Get them engaging with it. Be the parent and lead them towards Jesus. No no child gets there by themselves. They need you to lead them. Caitlin and Caleb need Pastor Ken and I to lead them into a friendship With Jesus what do you need to release maybe it's being a helicopter parent what do you need to sow maybe it's some seeds of discipleship some conversation about the friendship that Jesus wants with us every area of our lives there's some stuff we need to release isn't there and there are some seeds we need to sow what needs to be released that which is dead what needs to be sown a seed here's the thing open hands what needs to go so God can make it grow what needs to go so God can make it grow church God is in the business of turning graves into gardens of turning the dead things into beautiful things the plan was always for a garden he placed us into a garden right at the beginning of time he's going to restore us into a garden right at the end of time the reason for that is gardens show us what's beautiful and fruitful and he wants our lives to be beautiful and fruitful and it's him that makes it grow our role what we can do is to ask ourselves what's dead that needs to be released and what seed that needs to be sown and as we do that as we live with open hands as we release that which is dead and as we sow that which is seed as we ask ourselves the question What needs to go so God can make it grow, he can begin to grow gardens in those areas of our lives where we need it the most. The thought struck me as I was preparing this of how Jesus encountered two gardens. Isn't it amazing that there was the Garden of Eden right at the beginning of time, Garden in Revelation 22 right at the end of time, this this um, Beginning and end of history, bookmarked with gardens. But there were two gardens that Jesus encountered right when he lived that changed everything for us, that make it possible for the garden to grow in our lives. The first garden Jesus encountered was the Garden of Gethsemane, that was the garden that he walked into the night before he was crucified and betrayed. In this garden, he wrestled with God. Asked God, is it possible for the suffering that I'm about to endure? Is it possible for the crucifixion not to happen? And Jesus wrestled in that garden. And he wrestled God in that garden so that we wouldn't have to fight with God. The garden of Gethsemane was where Jesus overcame the wrestle. He wrestled with God so we wouldn't have to. The second garden followed just a few days later. After Jesus was crucified, he was buried and on the third day rose again. The first person to come looking for him on that Sunday morning was Mary Magdalene. And she came to his grave. And it's so important for us to realize That as she came to his grave, as she went in and had a look at it, she noticed he wasn't there. The grave was empty. And just a few moments later, she encountered Jesus, the risen Jesus. And guess where where he was? He was in the garden. He was in the garden just outside of and just next to his grave, his tomb. I find it so important and so profound for us, church, that Jesus chose to reveal himself as risen in a garden. Isn't it amazing that Jesus didn't wait in his tomb? You know, in those days, the tomb was kind of set into stone. Isn't it amazing that once he had risen, he didn't sit in the tomb and wait for Mary and later for Peter and John to get there? No, no. He got up out of the tomb and into the garden. That's because he turns graves into gardens that's because Jesus can't stand graves because he wants to be in the garden because Jesus wanted to walk in the garden again with his friend Mary and in so doing as he walked in the garden with Mary as he revealed himself to her he was reimagining the garden of Eden where God walked with his friends Adam and Eve and Jesus was foreshadowing The garden in Revelation 22 where once again God will walk with his friends. Here's the point. Jesus walked in the garden so that one day we could walk with him again. Because Jesus turns graves into gardens. Maybe today as we've been talking about this, you've really felt the spirit of God just speaking to you about some areas in your life where... It feels like they're dead at the moment, like I've got them and you've got them. And where God is going to, as you release and as you sow, God is going to bring gardens in those areas. But I believe there are people watching today as well, as we've been talking about this, you've realized really that it feels like your whole life is a grave. Well, I want to say to you, God is in the business of turning graves into gardens. I want to say to you, he can turn your grave into a garden and he can do it right now in this moment. If that's you and you're thinking, man, I want to find life, I'd love to lead you in a prayer. And so as I pray in the next few moments, you could just join with me in your heart as we pray together. Father God, thank you so much for your love for us. Thank you that you loved us and wanted a friendship with us in a garden, a place that's beautiful and fruitful. Thank you, Father, that you desire for our lives to be beautiful and fruitful. And today, we want to release all that's dead. And we want to sow a seed of faith. Lord, we don't even feel like sometimes we have enough faith. But today, we're making a decision to follow you. Those of us who felt like our whole lives are graves today we're going to sow seeds of faith and we know that as we do as we follow you as we say yes to you you're going to begin to grow a garden with our lives that you're going to make something beautiful and fruitful out of our lives not simply here on earth but one day into eternity so in this moment Jesus we say yes to you in this moment we say would you please forgive us in this moment we say would you take the dead things and make them into beautiful things. Would you take our lives, my life, and would you turn it into a garden? And would you begin to rewrite my future? In Jesus' name, amen. Well, those of you who prayed this prayer today, who joined with me, you might have prayed it for the first time, or maybe life has taken you on a weird and wonderful journey and you've been all over the show. And today, really for you felt like a coming back to faith like a return maybe today you felt like a prodigal son or a daughter if you made that decision for the first time or maybe came back to Jesus today we want to say congratulations we want to wish you well and we'd love the opportunity to do that meaningfully with you today simply by sending you a first step so you could do this in a couple of ways. If you're watching on our church online platform you could simply click the raise hand right now and let us know or you could simply whatsapp the words follow Jesus to the number on the screen right now. The reason we give you those options is so that we can connect meaningfully with you electronically to send you something that will start you on your faith journey. Church as we head into this week we're trusting that God's going to begin to turn graves into gardens. Why don't you give some thought to what is dead that needs to be released what seed that needs to be sown what's got to go so god can make it grow we're trusting that you would have an amazing week that it will begin to turn graves into gardens that the series will flood your heart with life hope and faith have an incredible week see you all next week we hope you have been blessed and helped by this message For more information about our church, visit our website at www.thrivechurch.co.za.